The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is James Muir, the author of The Perfect Clothes, and you're listening to Authors in Quarantine Having Healthy Libations. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this hopefully short-lived series that will be airing in addition to the weekly marketing book podcast interviews. I'm your host, Douglas Burdett, and my goal during this unusual time is to reconnect you with past guests on the Marketing Book Podcast, share some ideas and inspiration, and maybe a much-needed laugh or two. I've interviewed over 200 authors on the show, and my plan is to continue this series until I either run out of authors or quarantine, whichever comes first. A word of warning, the host and guest may very likely be drinking cocktails during these conversations. I mean, come on, they are recorded during the cocktail hour. To find the show notes for each episode with pictures of each guest and links mentioned in their conversation, visit marketingbookcocktails.com marketingbookcocktails.com. See what I did there? And if you'd like to join the conversation, email a voice recording to me at douglas at salesartillery.com and I'll try to include it in a future episode. I'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, connect with me on LinkedIn where we can chat. So James Muir, welcome to Authors in Quarantine Getting Cocktails. How are you and uh, what's this about healthy libations? I'm very encouraged by that. I am drinking a fabulous uh, smart water right here with natural electrolytes in it. So uh, here at uh, Casa de Muir, that's uh, that's our, our libation of choice. Excellent. Excellent. Well, just to disabuse uh, the listener of this uh, notion that I'm some kind of big drinker, I'm actually drinking a uh, thing of Propel energy water right now. So, I mean, those are still cocktails, okay? You don't have to have alcohol to have a cocktail. And that's a message to all you kids out there. <laughs> Service announcement. That's right. So, are you you are in uh, quarantine back in uh, Utah? That is right. So I have been. I'm yeah. I'm actually in a suburb of Salt Lake City called Harriman. So I live in the mountains, but uh, I have I have not left the house. I think literally, I don't think I've left the house in like four days. My wife's been doing all the running around, so I am truly quarantined, doing everything remote. Um, making your wife do all the work. I mean. What else is new? Uh, she gets stir crazy. She wants to go out, so I let her have it. Oh, okay. The funny thing is, I think our dog, I think our dog likes the fact that we're here a lot more. But our cat has this look on his face, like, like, what the heck are you guys still doing here? <laughs> Did you see that funny article in the Wall Street Journal where it was a dog and a cat debating the quarantine? No, not at all. <laughs> I'll include it in your this episode's show notes at marketingbookcocktails.com. It's uh, by Jason Gay, who's this really talented, enormously funny sports writer for the Wall Street Journal. And there's not a lot of sports to write about, so he's writing about other yeah. things. And he, yeah. it was a point-counterpoint. And it was the, the cat talking about how the cat can't stand having the humans around all day. <laughs> of course, the cat doesn't like humans and, wishes and, plan and plots for their death anyway. And then the dog was like, look, I know sometimes I make mistakes, and sometimes I chew up the furniture 
But now that you've been home so much, maybe you understand why I do those kinds of things. But I love having you <laughs> humans here, and I hope you never leave me again. That's funny. They get the loyal reputation. The cat has the killer reputation. Yeah, that's right. Well, you need them both. You know, we got- Our cat matches that. That's funny. Yeah. So do, you had uh, trips and things that were canceled. You weren't – now, as I recall, after the 9-11 attacks, you were out of town and – couldn't catch a flight back and had to rent a, a a car or something. That's true. I was in the air. That was I was. Oh, in you the were air. in the so air. We saw, wow. We saw something was going on because we could see it all on the flight attendants' faces that something big had happened, and so that we got diverted to Kansas City. So uh, and we we were, were in a hotel. We kept calling the rental car place to see if we can get uh, a car to go back. And literally at like eleven thirty at night, this somebody had returned a car that late. And we, we got it that night, and then we drove all the way back from Kansas City to Salt Lake City. Wow. So it was pretty exciting. But this has been a little bit more milk toast. You know, I mean, people are talking about how, you know, how t- t- terrible and challenging it is to be in quarantine. But, you know, you think about, you know, our, our grandparents went off to war, and here we are just asked to sit on our couch and watch Netflix. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's not so bad. <laughs> or think about the people that, well, went to Utah, for instance. <laughs> a lot of them didn't even make yeah, it there. That's right. The Donner Party, man. It's eating on each other. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's worse gigs. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And your uh, your wife and the boys are all doing okay? Nobody caught coronavirus? Yeah. Nobody has caught coronavirus. Actually, I actually, right before, this is like in February, I did um, a couple of gigs in uh, Las Vegas. And I came back and I was really sick for about three days, probably the sickest I've been that I can recall. And um, so there is a remote chance. I haven't taken to see if I had the antibody or anything like that. And I will as soon as I get a chance. But there's a chance I already have it and that I exposed my entire family to it and we're and we're past that. But we won't know until I get a chance to take the test. So what does it kill you makes you stronger right that's what that's my theory yeah we'll see or it gets your family sick yeah i keep hearing um on uh the news that it's i heard on some podcast today where they're talking about these some of the prison populations uh you know they're all living very close together by design and they a very large number of them don't show the symptoms but they're testing positive for it so mm. yeah it's a lot of people may have it. Who knows? Who knows? You know, I just, that's why I've kind of tuned out a lot of the news because I don't know what to believe anymore. And when I was talking to Joey Coleman a few episodes ago, he was talking about how he, like me, have stopped watching any television news because it's not really news. They're just trying to get you uh, outraged so that you'll continue to watch their TV commercials. Uh, mm-hmm. He said, if you're going to get news, make sure to read the news. So read it online. And then he suggested, read half your news from outside the country you're in. So in the case of us, you know, there's uh, all kinds of uh, British BBC, and yeah, uh, yeah. all kinds of foreign uh, uh, news media. And uh, so, you know, that, that's, that can be helpful. Are there any um, long-term changes I'm asking you to predict here that you see that are, that are taking hold, particularly as it relates to trying to, sell things and make a living as a salesperson? I'll tell you an interesting thing that came up um, this last week is uh, one of my clients, um, their main market is seniors, right? It's older people uh, and retired folks and, you know, that group. And what happened is that their online sales, which has typically been weak because that demographic doesn't use online selling and online meetings and stuff as much, it has gone up like to record every single week. It's more and more and more for them. 
And so they've been able to get meetings with these seniors and use remote technologies where they weren't able to do that before. And of course, the reason for that is because they have to, right? That's the only way that they can, <laughs> these seniors can get it, oh, yeah. can get the stuff that they need. And so they're starting to use these channels that they weren't using before, right? They're embracing that. And my friend thinks that that, um, that because their market has now embraced this, that that is going to continue long after COVID-19 is over. So, it's, you know, in, in a way, that's good, right? COVID-19 literally created an online market of seniors that didn't exist before um, the virus. So it's a very, that's an interesting, you know, I have a couple other clients. I have some clients that are in, in e-commerce mm-hmm. and, um, and they're doing great. Actually, they, um, they're getting record uh, weeks, actually every week they're, they're, they're breaking their previous record of all time and, and not by a small amount. It's like by 10% every single time. So, mm. I mean, I realize that's not the case for everybody, but, um, but I have some clients that, that this has actually turned out to be pretty good for. You know, that's interesting. You say that about the older folks. I, at my church, I, they've had to go completely virtual. So, of course, it's easy, easier for me to attend. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes, God works in mysterious ways. I know, I know. And so there was a men's Bible study, and they usually have them on Tuesday mornings at 7, and I'd never been able to go. And so I thought, oh, well, let me just uh, dial into this. and. It was all, I think it was all uh, retired men. It was a men's Bible study, all oh. retired men, older guys, pe- people I knew from church. But I was interested, and they were all completely conversant. And I just, it, it then made me realize that our entire church had to go on Zoom. And they adopted it really fast. And we're not a, I mean, it's not a, I wouldn't say that they had considered themselves a, a tech forward kind of church. They had a website and all that sort of thing. But, you know, like a lot of churches, at least in the United States, a lot of older folks, and they jumped on this and ran with it. And that's something that's also going to change. You know, what I like about going to church in Zoom is that if you don't turn your camera on, you can still wear your pajamas and go to church, right? You don't have to dress up. <laughs> oh, you're not supposed to wear pajamas when you go to church? Oh yeah, I didn't. I guess you didn't get the memo. Yeah, well, see where I go to church, they're very non-judgmental, and uh, uh, all are welcome, <laughs> including pajamas. That's right. That's right. Well, my wife, my wife told me when I went shopping that all I needed was a, a like a face mask and gloves, but that's not true at all. Um, everybody else had clothes on when I went there, so okay, that was, that was bad info. <laughs> well, our mutual acquaintance Jeb Blunt, I believe, is rushing to get a. Yeah. Us, a book about virtual sales done. It's going to be introduced on, uh, you know, probably more than I do, just a, not, not a physical book, but a, a like a Kindle version. And because I think otherwise it takes about a year to get one of these books through the, uh, the, the big publisher he deals with in New York. Um, are you seeing uh, people getting better at, at virtual selling now? Or, or if somebody hasn't had to do that in the past, what are they... Um, what are they getting right, and, and, and what do folks uh, need to work on? Well, there's still a ton of crimes out there when it comes to um, selling online but uh, and, and using video. But people are getting way better at it, right? Now, I mean, when you say crimes, like uh, sales Like crime? the, the picture that the, the, the guy that was actually doing his Zoom meeting without his pants on, and then he got up to go do something, <laughs> and the rest of the people in his, in, at his company are laughing because they can see that he's got no pants on. Yeah, James, we agreed <laughs> not to talk about that because that was me. I know. No, well, I'm kidding. Um, but, I mean, here's the thing that I think. I mean, I think salespeople, um, this is definitely more accepted now, which means that's a good thing, right, because we can save money on travel. By doing it remote, we can, we can book our meetings sooner, right, because of calendar issues and stuff like that. But – 
um, man, if, if this is the way you're going to do it, well, then get really serious about it. I mean, get a decent camera, get good, good audio, right? I mean, honestly, you can, your camera can be pretty bad, but if your audio is bad, it, your meeting will be intolerable. So those are things that I think people need to invest in. I think you don't, you don't show up and do your meeting with, you know, five days of uh, facial hair growth on your face, right? You got to dress up like you would, show them some respect. So all that, um, they need to know you don't have a window behind you or a light behind you or they can't, it puts this crazy shadow on you. So there's just all these little things around video that um, are new to a lot of folks that I think um, salespeople need to adopt. And um, actually we reviewed a book it was like Rehumanize Your Business. Yes. Is that what it was called? Yes, by yeah, Ethan Butte and Stephen Patrick. Yeah. yeah, that book is a spectacular, I think probably one of the better, or maybe if not the best book on how to do that now. So that's the book they should all be buying. Yes, Rehumanize so Your Business. Excellent, excellent book. Very well done. And they are with a company called BombBomb, which is a one of those services where you do the personal videos and it's got the email and it's a basically a sales and marketing platform. Now, being good authors, they said, look, you don't have to buy our company's product to do what we're going to tell you. There's even some free ones out there like uh, Loom, I think, and Soapbox by mm-hmm. Wistia. But it was really, really well done talking about how best to use this uh, new medium. And you mentioned one about the window. It's funny. I had a client and we were always using our Zoom account to talk to him every week at least. And that was fine. But then he had to go to his home. And I, I said, you know, Larry, at this point, you, you really ought to get your own Zoom account because you need to be stepping up your game here to talk to your prospects. And so we, he, he, uh, we got him all um, set up on his own Zoom account. And then I spent about an hour with him, which I was happy to help with, where he was at his house. And he was like uh, sitting in front of a window. And I said, Larry, you're going to have to move to <laughs> a different place. And he was like confused by all this. He goes, well, I said, look, I finally took a screenshot of him in front of the window. And it looked like one of those, um, you know, when you see on television news where they'll have somebody who's a, uh, they don't show (laughs) their likeness. Yeah. And their voice sounds like Gary Sinise in the movie Ransom, where it's all, Yeah, I said, I said, I sent him that picture. I said, Larry, that's what I'm seeing. You're completely blacked out. And there's like this white space. He was like, oh. And finally, his wife, thank goodness for her, she said, Larry, just get up and sit on the other side of the table. (laughs) So (laughs) Was that easy? It was that easy. Yeah. So he moved around and then he was perfectly lit. And you could have the best lighting in the world, but it's not going to be as good as if you can just sit in front of a window with the light coming in. Big, big difference. And then I showed him. I said, Larry, you're looking down at your laptop. That's freaking people out, and it's not a flattering camera angle. He goes, oh, okay, let me go get a box. And he put it up on a box. He looked great. And then he already had a headset. And we used, we've used we used these for a long time. I think they're $22 H390s by Logitech. I don't know if they're, they're, they're I think they're, they're out of them at Amazon. But if you can find one of those at Best Buy or something like that or whatever, wherever fine electronics are sold, the Logitech H390 sounds absolutely fantastic. I think you're you're talking on one right now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I have one right now. That's so the, that's the easy. If you want to sound like James Muir, get the Logitech Shh. H390, and I in no way am compensated by them, but it's really, really a very good one, and it tra- you can travel with it, and you always sound really good. Don't use the microphone on your laptop or uh, your computer, and this sounds a lot better than 
earbuds too. And as far as a camera, I think uh, we may have the same camera. It just plugs into my Mac. You've got a PC. I have the Logitech HD 1080p, which I think yep. is what you have. And I think mine was 50, 60 bucks a year or two ago, but did you say it's now 200 bucks because of the scarcity? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they're they're sort of gouging a little bit. I have a couple of them. It's a great camera. Even even the older one, I think it's like a nine twenty or nine forty. I forget the model yes. number is equally as good. So if you can find that, because the other ones are too much, you might go for that. Yeah, and um, the other thing that folks should keep in mind is that I know everyone hates this term, the new normal, but you're, you're going to be you're going to find yourself using the same equipment in a year, even if you're back at your office. So it's really worth the. Um, Worth the effort, and uh, I appreciate what you're saying about you know don't have three days of growth on your uh, face. What if you're like <laughs> me and you have six weeks of growth on your face? Well, I thought you looked pretty distinguished. Oh, thank you. Uh, I need all the help I can get. Um, I've never gone this long without shaving, and uh, just kind of did it out of curiosity. I actually, what happened was March 18th, as some listeners may know, I think I got the last elective surgery in the United States. <laughs> I had this rotator cuff that had to be fixed. And I went in there that Wednesday and the doctor said, well, you're here now, so they can't stop me from operating on you. And then like a day later, they said, all right, no, no more of this. And uh, so anyway, super successful surgery. And uh, I didn't see the sling. How is it going? It's now? going good. I sleep with a sling on. But uh, otherwise, they said, try to take it off during the day. And I'm going to physical therapy. And it's just really, really going well. So I'm giving everyone the wrong impression about surgery because this worked out beautifully. And uh when uh, Major League Baseball comes back, I'm probably going to get uh, drafted. Uh, I'll start out in the minor leagues, <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I'll probably move up to the to the big leagues, which is really amazing because it was my left shoulder, and I'm a right-handed thrower. But, you know, once you tell them that you've had rotator cuff surgery, they want to write a sports article about you. So. <laughs> You're killing me, man. Yeah. Now, how many authors have you had on now? So, oh far? gosh, so, maybe about twenty-five, twenty, something like that. Okay, okay so I, well, I got to ask you a question. What's the pattern? What are, what's everybody saying? What do they think? What do they think market, marketers should be doing now during during COVID nineteen? With the exception of you and one or two other interviews, I've been drinking when I've interviewed them, so I don't really remember <laughs> what they said. And I'm not suggesting you kids out there, you know, take after me, please. I think that what's really interesting is people are appreciating what they don't have. In other words, some have said they really miss live music. Some miss being around their friends. Some, some miss going to a baseball game. Things that we had done in the past, but you really appreciate because they've been taken away. Uh, from a sales standpoint, there have been a couple authors, including our friend uh, Anthony Anarino, who've been asked is it okay to sell? And his response, like a few others, has been, well, it depends on what you mean by sell. Because as you know, uh, Anthony Anarino is one of those people who says sales is not something you do to someone. It's something you do with them and for them. And if you're being helpful, you're going to sell more anyway. I mean, you tell me. <laughs> but, Amen. Amen. If, Are you kidding me? If you, if you could help someone in their time of crisis, is that not the best time? Yeah. Well, even if they're not in crisis, if you can help them, you're more likely to not only get the sale, but to get more referrals and, and more uh, repeat business. From a marketing standpoint, everybody's fed up with the power companies saying, thank you for paying your bill. We're here for you in COVID-19. Oh, my gosh. 
Oh my gosh, I don't even read them anymore. I just delete them. No, yeah. And one author who also has a law degree, Joey Coleman, he said that, you know, some of them are maybe doing it for legal reasons where they're saying, you know, I don't know what they're, maybe a lot of these things are written by lawyers. Maybe that's why you and I aren't reading them. Um, I mean, you know, stick to contracts lawyers, but, you know, for advertising copy, my experience is that they have a very different motivation. No doubt. (laughs) And so, you know, from the marketing standpoint, the other uh, thing that's interesting about marketing, one other observation is that there's this one video out there about how all these coronavirus TV commercials are exactly the same. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen that, but I'll include yeah, it. Seen it. I'll include it it's at, at this episode's show notes at marketingbookcocktails.com. And I mean, you know, obviously they cut it together to make them all look the same, but it was they're sort of devoid of. I don't know. I in a certain way they're trying to say, "Hey, we're here for you." You know, we're not trying to sell to you. So, I mean, they get credit for that. They're being empathetic, but I mean, let's be honest. They already bought the television inventory, so they were going to have to run something. Yeah, the cynic in me, the former New York ad guy, knows that that's kind of how it works. So unless they were able to get out of it, but the ones that are focusing on their actions are the ones that are really doing well. And you know what? They don't even need to advertise. So in other words, a company like Enterprise Rent a Car. You're talking about a rent a car place. That's another one. Joey Coleman mentioned was that normally you have to be over 25 to rent a car. So I'm sure your sons are <laughs> familiar with that issue. Apparently, yeah. Enterprise and maybe others came back and said, okay, you know what? If you're away in school, you need to get home. Just come rent the car. We don't, you know, as long as you're 18. And then, you know, we'll give you a good rate and we'll get you home. Don't worry about it. So like, like the actions or like the distilleries, which I'm very familiar with. There's one here in Norfolk where you pull up to the distillery. And what's great is you don't even have to get out of your car. So, um, if you're, you know, if you're lazy and like drinking like me, no, (laughs) you, they'll bring the bourbon out to you and then they've, they've made hand sanitizer, which is relatively easy. They give you some branded hand sanitizer so that you can uh, clean the insides and the outsides of, of your body. So there's, you know, some innovation like that, that people are always, um, talking about. I think those are the things that make the biggest difference is just showing it, Right. That, that, that speaks way more than just the, the ad. Yes, absolutely. Actions speak louder than words. So, yeah, it's um, it's an interesting time. There's been it's so many interesting insights from uh, you know all these these uh, different authors. I was talking yesterday to Tara Nicole Nelson, who wrote the Transformational Consumer, which is another just fantastic book. And she in that book she talks about how in marketing and in sales, if you are able to figure out or at least explore what is the transformation that your customer is looking for in their life and is your product in any way associated with it, you're in. (laughs) Instead of saying, buy my product, you then focus on addressing how this can help with that transformation. Just it's, it's, It's such a great book to learn about how to observe your customers and don't expect them to tell you what they want. But she did some research recently, and she has got this uh, research study, which is coming out soon, and she's calling this the, the big reset. I think that's the term. It's like a massive – hang on, i got it written down here. It's called the, no, I think- the massive reset. And she said in this study she did, 71% of the respondents were relieved. 
at at their circumstance in life. Now, so obviously, it doesn't include you know people like Mark Schaefer who caught coronavirus, as did his wife. Uh, but all these people looking at this as a opportunity to reset, and the reason they're doing that is because there were certain things in their lives that they thought weren't working, or they were just kind of continuing on unconsciously, mindlessly, and they're thinking, I can. This is giving me an opportunity to a spend more time with the kids, spend more time at home, rethink things. I mean, maybe after uh, the the shelter at home recommendations are lifted, there might be a lot more divorces. But even then, <laughs> people are taking stock of what's going on and rethinking uh, their lives and, and what's yeah, truly important is. to them. Yeah, I agree. Some customers of mine are doing the same thing, right? I mean, if you think about. Well, you know, when it gets tough and selling gets harder, well, then you have to start rethinking what you were doing before and you have to refine it one more level to try to figure out how you're going to survive during this time. And so um, a number of my clients have just reviewed what kind of messages are we sending out now? Are they the kind of things that people are, you know, are, are really worried about right now? And a lot of companies are in self-preservation mode right now. And so absolutely, they're they're not looking for the same stuff that they were looking. If you were selling, you know, productivity and other things like that, that's not, they're more looking for cost savings and cash flow and risk reduction and the things like that. And so we got to reframe our value props to match the kind of things that they're thinking about right now. They're just trying to, you know, make sure they get through this whole thing and still have employees by the time they're done with it. Yes. Every, you could argue that right now, everyone and every company has moved a few notches down on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there was another author named Philip Stutz who was on the Authors of Quarantine Getting Cocktails. And his companies, they always do polling research because they have a lot of political clients as well as corporate ones. And he came on, he was the very second guest I had on, and he was talking about how so much changed. And suddenly everybody was concerned about safety, the safety of their family, their safety, of their health, uh, trust, really, really important. Things like that changed. And the other day I was talking to Adele Ravella, who's the author of one of my favorite books, Buyer Personas. And she said that the same thing is going on with a lot of companies where whatever that priority initiative was that maybe got somebody to explore buying whatever that solution is, you know, uh, IT or you know, new train locomotives or whatever. Suddenly, every priority has changed. So it's a it's a major uh, reset. And her point, and this is the woman who wrote the book Buyer Personas. She's saying, don't take your buyer personas for granted. Meaning, you better go talk to some customers quickly because their motivations yeah. are very different. In fact, I think one of the first things that reps uh, should have done and should still do uh, is that is contact the clients and just make sure they're okay. Don't try to sell them anything. Don't just be a human being and have empathy for them and see if there's anything that you can do to help. Right? That's when you're going to find out again what you know. Build out your persona so you understand. Um, don't think you've got it nailed because now this is a whole new environment and circumstance that we haven't seen before. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, just call up and say how you doing. I don't want. I don't even want to sell you anything. I just what. What's going on? It's kind of like me on these interviews. <laughs> a, I needed somebody to talk to, and I thank you for that, Jane. Uh, my family I'll, wants. I'll send you a bill later. Yeah, send it to them. They'll pay it. They're only too happy to have somebody for dad to talk to. Get you off. Yeah, well, and just take a break from all those stupid, tiresome dad jokes. 
And uh, then um, there's been a number of authors who have said, you know, this is the first time I've been home this much since like 2003 or whatever. And and then I like to joke that their uh, spouses are texting me saying, can you keep him on that call a little longer? <laughs> we, we need a break. And anyone who's had small children like that will will remember. And I heard this other friend of mine telling me some joke he'd heard about how you know, you hear about this uh, coronavirus baby boom that's going to happen. Uh, so I've heard, yes. He said it's only going to happen to couples that don't already have kids. <laughs> because any, I wonder. If, I think it'll be a thing. Do you think, like, you know, a year from now we'll go? Yep, it happened. Right here's there's a new little boom right here. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? There's so many things. You know, think about movies and literature. For the rest of our days, there's going to be stories that originate. Uh, with this, with this happening, you know, it's, it's definitely been weird. It's like a, like for my own parents, it's like a role reversal, right? Went from when I was a teenager, instead of them telling me I can't go out, I, I tell them, what are you doing? You can't go out. Right. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like, you know, now do they live kind of, near you, your parents? So my, uh, my wife's parents live here in Salt Lake city. And then my parents live in Twin Falls, Idaho, where I'm from. Oh, okay. uh, and so they're about three hours away. And Idaho is the gem state, right? It is. It's the gem state. You have a good memory. Well, you know why I know that? No. Why do you know that? Because <laughs> they talk about that in one of the greatest films in American history. Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite, Dynamite. yeah. <laughs> There's Gone with the I Wind, The Wizard of Oz. There's Napoleon Dynamite, of course. Yeah, uh, exactly. Anchorman and Talladega Nights, Animal House. I mean, I could go on and on, but... Those are the ones that are uh, the great American film treasures. So I know, and everyone has a different one. And please let us let me know what your what your favorites are. In fact, uh, record a voice message on your smartphone and email it to Douglas at salesartillery.com and all I might include it in an upcoming um, so, episode. Yeah, well, let's ask that question. What is the marketing movie equivalent of Tommy Boy? Is oh, there such a thing? Interesting. Yes, Tommy Boy. Boy, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> and as a matter of fact, the interview I did recently with Mark Hunter, which I think publishes next week, or it'll it'll pu- coming soon. Yeah, to a, his new book's awesome. Yeah, a mine for sales. He uh, he talks about Tommy Boy in it, and so uh, at the end of that episode, there's going to be a little something special, Tommy Boy, for your listeners. So, Mark <laughs> Hunter, a mine for sales. You heard it here first. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I just don't know. I, that's a that's let's count on the, we'll count on the listeners for that. Yes, yes. So, Tell us what you think uh, the great marketing movies are. Although you know what, they might not even necessarily be movies about marketing. It might be some. They're going to say Mad Men. They're going to say Mad oh, Men. No. It's not really funny in the same way that, that Tommy Boy is, but it's uh, you know it's kind of like got that reputation as the marketing show. Yeah, I think the guys who wrote for Tommy Boy clearly they had some writers that had a sales background. They've been there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, well, James Muir, I appreciate the opportunity to catch up with you here on Authors in Quarantine Getting Cocktails. And I hope that you and your family and your parents all stay uh, safe and healthy and relatively sane. Thank you for that. I wish the same for you and your family. It's been great. I'm going to have another sip here of my uh, smart water. Delish. Let's think about this for a sec, Ted. Why would somebody put a guarantee on a box? Hmm, very interesting. Go on, I'm listening. Here's the way I see it, Ted. 
guy puts a fancy guarantee in a box because he wants you to feel all warm and toasty inside. Yeah, makes a man feel good. Of course it does. Why shouldn't it? You figure you put that little box under your pillow at night, the guarantee fairy might come by and leave a quarter. Am I right, Ted? <laughs> What's your point? The point is, how do you know the fairy isn't a crazy glue sniffer? Building model airplanes, says the little fairy. Well, we're not buying it. He sneaks into your house once, that's all it takes. Next thing you know, there's money missing off the dresser and your daughter's knocked up. I've seen it a hundred times. But why do they put a guarantee on the box, then? Because they know all they sold you was a guaranteed piece of shit. That's all it is, isn't it? Hey, if you want me to take a dump in a box and mark it guaranteed, I will. I got spare time. But for now, for your customer's sake, for your daughter's sake, you might want to think about buying a quality product from me. Okay, I'll buy from you. Oh, that's... What? what?